You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It is the 13th of March, 2014, two days away from the Ides of March, so watch your backs, everyone. Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and Dave Davis from Beanstalk SEO in Michigan, British Columbia. Dave, how are you doing today, bro? I am doing fantastic, and uh, yeah, how are you doing? Um... I'd be doing better if my internet service provider, Rogers Communications, would have worked out the problem that I diagnosed them 20 days ago. But they haven't worked out the problem I diagnosed them 20 days ago, so I'm doing this phone by cell phone because I'm receiving such incredible packet because Rogers Communications didn't get on the ball 20 days ago that Skype just didn't work for the show today. That's what I'm doing. Oh, that, that 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 sounds great. But you, from what I hear, you have some beautiful, beautiful weather to to sort of. Now you can go out into into the world around you and, instead of viewing it through the internet, right? It, it's got to be gorgeous in Toronto right now. Well, if I felt like you know dying, it would be perfect for it. But yeah. Uh, no, I woke up this morning and it was negative seventeen Celsius, which was quite a shock given that it was um, plus six Celsius two days ago. Um, and it's going to be plus six Celsius again tomorrow. But no, we've had two days of incredible snow and uh, and uh, double digit negative temperatures. And you know, I can get used to climate change, but not when it happens every fifteen minutes. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> uh, no, I'm good. Well, I, you know what? I spring's coming. Sp- spring is coming. You know what? It actually, I, I'm in Whistler here to ski, and, and it's come a little too early for us. <laughs> but I, I know, I know. Poor me. It's it, it's tough. Um, but we've we've what got. Uh, it's what? Sorry, and mountain biking. There's, there's mountain biking and grass skiing and grizzly and uh, polar bear hunting and stuff, right? <laughs> well, right. It's it's dog sledding. You know, dog that's sledding, how we yeah. all get around up here. Uh, <laughs> 
Exactly what you're talking about there. <laughs> um, major rewrite of the WordPress SEO plugin, and because of this major rewrite, um, you've got to go update the plugin. Mm-hmm. You passed a number of security holes. And the uh, the plugin is essentially, I mean, it's much better. He's, he's done a great job on the on the update, and that's not the problem I have with him. The problem I have is this update involves two updates. He issued one, uh, Yoast and, and WordPress SEO issued an update on Tuesday. And again, he, it is such an important update that they uh, wrote guidelines to it. It's a, it's a very, very new WordPress SEO. And I had one of my team members go and install it on that massive network of WordPress sites that, that uh, I talk about frequently. Yeah. And uh, so this morning, just you know, uh, b- 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 before work hours, just doing my rounds, looking at stuff. I noticed that a couple of these sites required a WordPress update. Well, that made me, you know, sort of scrunch my brow since I had somebody do it all, do them all yesterday. So I'm thinking, wow, what's this person up to, right? As it turns out, she did everything she was supposed to do. She updated the entire network, all 83 sites. She did them. Problem is, there was another update issued overnight. So I had something to do all day today. (laughs) <laughs> you own beers, buddy. <laughs> I mean, cost money. I, I, I guess one of the perks for most people is that they're not running networks that now require hours. <laughs> well, yeah, and it's really important, folks. Keep your WordPress installs as updated as you possibly can. And I know you got to sleep for like six to eight hours a night. That's cool. That, that just, that's only because you're human. But... Keep everything updated as tightly as you possibly can with WordPress because the amount of attacks that are happening on WordPress sites out there are phenomenal. Oh my goodness. I know you're seeing them. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, and there was just a uh, announcement, I mean, interesting segue, um, over on PC World. Now they didn't, um, and, and this was a unique one. I, I hadn't seen this one. And this is uh, two days ago. There was another one. Um, used a vulnerability in the pingback feature um, built into WordPress. Uh, 160,000 WordPress sites were compromised. 
Um, WordPress and didn't at, at the time, and, and this is the latest news I know, didn't um, release to PC World any of the details on who the target was. So WordPress wasn't saying who the target was. Uh, but essentially, they, they used this vulnerability, used these 160,000 um, sites to attack um, you know, a, a third party and, and as yet unnamed uh, website so that didn't have WordPress. So it wasn't an attack on WordPress sites. <laughs> it was using WordPress sites to attack another site using the pingback feature. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's constant, just constant um, WordPress vulnerabilities. Um, but, you know, and I, I think it's important, and I know you know this, I know this, you were just talking about it a couple minutes ago. It's not really an inherent, well, I guess it, it's an inherent vulnerability in WordPress, but when it happens, 99 times out of 100, it's because people weren't updating. Um, they right. they weren't securing their systems. Um, you know, you had, uh, and I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, and it's, it's really funny because I installed it, um, some some great uh, firewall uh, plugin that uh, that I'd installed. And, well, yeah, solved a lot of problems. three of them that I would recommend. Three of them I'd recommend. I'd like to recommend them again right now if possible. The first one is WordPress Firewall. That's, that, that should just be a given. Next one Better WP security. That will lock down 99% of the openings that, that could be found in WordPress. It'll, yep. uh, it'll destroy any admin. Um, any, it, one, of the, one of the greater vulnerabilities is hackers trying to log in using the, the uh, username admin and then just you know having some dictionary slam or go through every possible word until they get a password. It'll close that loop for you. Um, and then the last one is uh, something called WordFence, which acts as uh, an IP tracker. And uh, when people try to do failed logins, it'll basically shut these IPs down. Um, so again, uh, uh, WordPress firewall, uh, better WP security, and Word Tracker. I'm sorry, WordFence. WordFence. Um, those three plugins, and you'll eliminate 99.9% of attacks. Right, and that's that's all you can do. And you know what? I, I view it a lot like um, putting a club on your car. You know, there's a lot of people, well, you can get inside these things in, you know, 30 seconds or whatnot. Sure you can, but the car next to you doesn't have one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there you are. And I think that's that's very much the case here. If you're plugging in 99, unless you're a specific target, if you plugged up 99% of them, people are going to take the lowest path of <laughs> resistance, right? They're looking for an easy way to get access to 160,000 sites. They're not going to try and find the 1% on yours to add yours to the mix. They're going to be looking for the path of least resistance. Indeed. Quick rule of thumb there. Why are criminals criminals? 99% of the time, because they're really stupid lazy. <laughs> it doesn't take much to make money in this world, honestly. It just takes some hard work. Criminals tend to be lazy. Although, I, and I'm sure you find this funny too, and you, you see this a lot in, uh, well, here in hacking, and it's it, sometimes I'm shocked at how hard people work to take the easy road. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, eh? <laughs> and this is how we do all day long. And it's not to say that we don't work hard. We work really hard in, like, certs. And often <laughs> we just sort of hang around and look at analytics, study the numbers. The numbers are good. Those are nice numbers there, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Truth. 
I mean, that's also the truth, that those are nice numbers, and those nice numbers do translate into better revenues for our clients, or we wouldn't have the life that we have. Right. Yeah. No, very true. So that, too, is true. Okay, we have, um, we have about uh, seven minutes, so we got to take our first break. Um, you know how Google's been cracking down on link networks? They went after a bunch of, they went after a bunch of English language ones. Then they started going after German and uh, I believe Dutch language sites. That was uh, two weeks ago. There was a whole bunch of German networks that were, were getting taken down. Yeah. Now it appears Google, according to um, our hero, Barry Schwartz, it, occur- <laughs> it appears that Google is now targeting Italian and Spanish link spammers. Um, Fred, I don't know how to say it in Italian or in Spanish, except, uh, yo, watch <laughs> out. Um, according to a, a, a tweet put forth by Matt Cutts on the 10th of March, so it's three days ago, a reminder in Spanish about our natural paid links and that we're willing to take action on them. And, uh, he gives a truncated URL to a, to a, a Google page, which says, yo, we're getting you, or something like that. I can't do this in Spanish. Um, there's another one in Italian that says something along the lines of, yo, we're going to get you. Again, I, I really can't read it. It's a, it's a poor translation. I can't read Italian. <laughs> but you know what? I, I, think, you, I think that's a good uh, Cliff Notes version <laughs> of, of what that email says. Um, yeah, no, that's... And, you know, are, are, are we surprised? It's just going to be nation by nation, language by language. Um, mm-hmm. the, the slow, steady march. Um, it, I do. It's funny. I've always viewed it, um, you know, until, you know, say the last couple of years as a very crawler based night and day. Hey, if you can hit links, why aren't you just hitting them all? Um, you know, but it is interesting that, right, of course, they're having to go sort of language by language, um, culture by culture, because the architecture of... I guess we know uh, the Italian and Spanish now have it. You know, next, uh, next up will be, well, it'll be interesting to see who they, uh, who they target next. Um, one thing that I find is a curious question is, is it following um, language patterns, i.e. Internet structural patterns? Um, you know, are the Polish more similar to U.S.-based um, link scheme dynamics than, say, the Italians and Spanish, right, are, are our internets um, and, and the way we structure links on pages. Are, are they sort of going in order of most similar to the one that they're, they recognize, or is this just sort of random, hey, let's, let's toss the dice or, or throw a dartboard at a I map and see who we're going to hit next? No, I think neither. If, if, if I know Google, um, and, you know, think of these other engineers, they're doing it by size and priority. How big is the problem? And how much, how, how should we prioritize this? Now, think about this for a second. The English language link spam problem on Google was clearly the biggest of them. Right. Um, you know, so we had um, how many rounds of, of Penguin update <laughs> to chase after link spam? You know, you want to talk March of the Penguins. Wow. How do you say that in Spanish? Um, and then, you know, they went after German and uh, Polish sites. I can see the German language sites having a, a great deal of absurd uh, spam. And the Polish one I found a little bit interesting because I thought about it for a second. Poland is wedged in between two of the biggest economies in the world, Germany and Russia. Right. And if I was going to hide links somewhere, if I was in Germany and Russia, why wouldn't I put them at a .pl? Why wouldn't I put them in Poland? 
there must be so much um, international commerce between those three nations. I could totally see trying to disguise a link network going either direction in Poland. No, makes sense. Now, the uh, Spanish, most Spanish is the fastest growing language on the web, or at least it was until, uh, until China started to open up. Uh, Spanish language, the Spanish language was in five or six years ago the fastest, fastest growing linguistic group on the web. As for the Italian one, I don't know. The only question I have about Italian is when Matt Peps made the video for, um, for, for, for talking to, to, to people in Italy, what did he do with his little dinosaur hands? Were they going all over the place? Are they, are they trying to describe the. <laughs> I think it's fair to, to send our listeners who don't know what you're referring to over to like YouTube. Just look up like Matt Cut T Rex or something like that. You can get your uh, get your conclusion. That is uh, some some great videos there. That is yeah, one of the, one of the problems with uh, with with referential humor is it helps if you get the reference. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but again, just to, to reiterate that whole section. If you um, are doing link spam in either the Spanish or Italian languages, yo, they're going to get you. That's pretty much it there, I think. Yeah, that about covers it. So, uh, do you use any cloud storage in your business? Uh, not really. How about you? Yeah, oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, we Dropbox, uh, specifically. I find Dropbox insanely convenient. Um, Great way to store stuff and transfer stuff around. Um, you know, it's, it's an excellent service. I, mean, I, I think it won a couple of awards last year for being such a cool, innovative service. Okay, yeah, you know what? I maybe it's just my my inherent paranoia. Uh, I just have a few servers, and we just <laughs> like allow access to specific files to specific people. But uh, you know what? That's just pure pure paranoia. You back up everything. I don't have a lot of uh, worry about this data from my from my clients. Seven knows the NSA already has it, so you know. <laughs> fair enough. But one of the granddaddies of the cloud storage movement is actually Google. You remember when you got your first Gmail account and? Um, you were amazed at how much storage space they gave you and how that, I mean, that storage space, you could just fill it up with stuff and they'd give you more. Yep. You know, I knew people who were, who were storing their MP3 collections in Gmail because they had unlimited space to store stuff. Well, Google has, uh, Google opened Google Drive and gives you a virtually unlimited space. But there is a limit when we say virtually unlimited. Google has a professional uh, 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 version of Google, of Google Drive, which you, know, you pay for use rather than free for use. And some of them, so for free you get up to 15 gigabytes. Now 15 gigs is a lot of information. Yep. And it is, it's a lot, especially if you remember what your first computer was like, right? <laughs> 15 gigs is a tremendous amount of information. That's what you get for free. They've lowered their prices on cloud storage. Check this out. For $1.99 a month, you can have 100 gigabytes of storage. 100 gigabytes of storage. For $9.99 a month, that's $10 to our Canadian listeners, 
for nine ninety nine a month. <laughs> you don't have pennies, right? Um, you can get a terabyte of storage space. And for ninety nine ninety nine a month, which is just you know for our Canadian listeners is ninety nine ninety five. Um, <laughs> you can get ten terabytes plus. I don't know what plus means. I guess once you're paying them a hundred bucks a month, they're just going to keep on giving you storage, right? Right. So my, I think this is really cool, but I'm curious. Like, I can I, I can vaguely wrap my brain around a gig, but mm-hmm. I, I honestly I can't do terabytes, and I can't do ten terabytes. I can't wrap my head around that much information. Like, what is that? Like two libraries of Congress? <laughs> It is, it, it is funny, like the, uh, I mean, not funny, but, um, you know, how, how sizable these numbers, and I mean, you mentioned the first computer, uh, it is humorous. My first computer had, well, okay, going past the VIC-20, which had no real internal storage uh, to speak of, um, you know, my first one had a 32 meg hard drive, <laughs> and now, yeah. we're, uh, now we're measuring in uh, gigabyte, although having a 32 hard drive sort of tells you how nerdy I was and how early on I getting computers but um yeah i mean these are these are astronomical um numbers at the same time and i'm sure you can do it doesn't take a lot of imagination to figure out how i could fill that up i mean even if we just look and go hey you know i've got like a you know i think it's a 32 gig uh, thumb drive for, for storing stuff on and moving it around and the amount of times that I have to, okay, now empty this out, put some new stuff on, especially if you're using like audio or video files or whatnot. It's like, okay, yeah, I can, I can see quickly going to the hundred and then, you know, well, I don't want to take that down. might need it again later. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, these are, these are astronomical numbers, but yeah, one can, can pretty easily see it, uh, ballooning out. And I think, um, you know, even more so when we consider that you can connect your Google Drive to other services as well. Um, you know, so using it directly from, um, you know, file sending services and stuff as, you know, you're sending the file, but it's all storing everything. Well, if you, if you want to keep a, a record, let's say you're a, well, okay, a lawyer, bad call, I wouldn't leave it out in the open like that, but let's say you're architect or something like that, and you're sending these massive video files around and you want to keep them for legacy so you can follow your, your paths, can I see chalking up, you know, 10 terabytes of data if I was sending a bunch of these files around and they were all, you know, high-res images you needed to see them? Yeah, yeah, I can. <laughs> I mean, I think, I mean, the, the price point, they've come in brilliant because it's right at that level where it's like, yeah, you know what? You can get $1,000 a year out of me and the convenience is worth it. At the old prices, I didn't really see that. Um, but at the newer price points, you can certainly see that for the convenience, it's, I'd rather just upgrade from the 199 to the 999 than have to filter through and delete stuff, right? I mean, it's you know, fine. I'll just add more. Um, cool. Yeah. Anyway, I think it was a good move on their part. Absolutely. Okay, we got to go to break. Before we do, before we do, uh, Canada, we got to congratulate the United States. They have eliminated. Well, they didn't eliminate in Paralympic sledge hockey. America beat Canada three to nothing. Canada will now play play Norway for the bronze, while the U.S. goes off and I don't know who they play, uh, plays Russia for the for the gold. There you go. Congratulations, America. 
I'll try not to throw a hissy fit now. Have you ever seen sledge hockey? I have, yeah. It's, it's a really neat That sport. is one hell of a game. Yeah. Like, that is one amazing game. Anyway, okay. We're going to take a break here on the Bronte. We're going to be coming back to nobody this this week. This week is the 26th birthday, the 25th anniversary of the World Wide Web. When we come back, David and I are going to talk about how we got into the World Wide Web. But first, um, we've got some uh, commercials to run here on the Bronte. So, friends, it's the 13th of March, 2014. We'll be back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one word now. Are your online conversions still lagging behind your competitors? Then it's time to master your skills in website conversion optimization. Sign up for Conversion Conference San Francisco, March 17th through the 19th. Brasco from WebmasterRadio.fm here inviting you to the biggest ever conversion conference in San Francisco. It's the only digital marketing conference that's entirely focused on getting more web visitors through your conversion funnel. Join your colleagues and learn from leading conversion experts like Tim Ash, Brian Eisenberg, and Bart Schutz. Bring your entire team and see what difference these three days with the world's best conversion optimizers can do to your revenue and bottom line. Come to Conversion Conference, where top companies get ideas and strategies for more effective websites and online campaigns. WebmasterRadio.fm listeners get a $150 discount on their pass. Simply register online at ConversionConference.com with promo code WMFM or click on the Conversion Conference logo on the WebmasterRadio.fm website. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is AuthorityLabs.com. There are many things we would love to catch. Catching the final out of a baseball game. And that's the ball game. Reeling that big catch of the day. Or catching a ride home. Taxi! How about catching more attention like the biggest retail brands on earth? Introducing Catchy.com, where they sell short-branded attractive.com domain names. Use a short and catchy brand just like Sony, Visa, and Nike for your next business venture. You can even rent to own for as low as $100 a month. Catch a big break for your business with Catchy.com. Life tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, wiser. On demand anytime inside the entertainment channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. 
Hey everyone, we're back here on Web Belgium, webmasterradio.fm. It's the 13th of March, 2014, and I got great news for you, essentially, if you're an organic SEO. And that Dave, you're an organic SEO, aren't you? <laughs> well, I am, so I wait anxiously for this news. I might have good news for you. It's, uh, it's conference season, right? SMX West is running in San Jose right now as we speak. Yeah. And uh, two days ago at SMX, Danny Sullivan was interviewing Amit Singh, who is basically the engineer of like everything at Google, head engineer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Amit's the guy who says, yeah, we can do it. He's, he's the final word in, yeah, we can do it. So Danny was grilling him on stage in a, in a on stage interview. Um, about the contradiction between making keyword information available to people who are running paid campaigns, but blocking people who are, uh, you know, trying to use keyword information for organic campaigns and saying so, saying you're doing so in the name of user security. Then so that is a bit of a contradiction. Uh, there's not a lot you can say about that from Google's standpoint about the contradiction because, well, it is one. Um, <laughs> But Amit admitted that Google might be bringing back keyword data for organic SEOs through, uh, through Google Analytics. And how much would you love that? Um, wow, you know what? I would 95% love that. To quantify it, you asked how much. To quantify it, I'd say 95% I'd love it. Um, we've evolved quite a bit in the last year. You know, SEO companies have finally gotten away from using strict keyword placements as metrics. We're, I think, using much smarter metrics now that, that keyword placements have, um, were, were, were basically knocked off the table when Google removed them just over a year ago. Um, However, the data, oh my goodness, the, the richness of that data was, I mean, you know, it was it, invaluable. It was too soft a word. Well, and you see, I think, I think that's the thing. I, like when I, I view this news, I think that's great. But, and we've talked about it even, even recently on the show, how much we learned um, from its removal, even if it was just that we were being forced to look to different areas, to look into webmaster tools more often than we were, to, to look at analytics data differently than we were, to try and present as much data as we could. Um, I think as long as we as a community can continue to remember, hey, we gained significant value from these things that we learned, um, and in some ways I think you are able to provide a better um, you know, marketing experience for our clients. I think as long as we can hold on to those things, um, I, I would love to see keyword data come back in a, okay, now here's a new, here's something else that I have, but I, I would hate to think that I would go back, get lazy, um, and forget all those things that, that we've learned and are reporting on um, now without it. Well, I mean, you won't. Uh, your, your current clients won't let you because they're getting more da- valuable data now and they know it. Right. You know, um, they know it. It's, 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 once you get past keyword placements, there's a world of website improvements that will give you better rankings. Um, it's the matter It's the matter of quantifying that this work on page or work, um, you know, off-site 
has, you know, given uh, more visibility to 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 his rank website. Keyword rankings was a way of quantifying that, but the real game, of course, is making them money. That's why we're in it. We're in it to make our clients some money, um, or to help them increase their revenues by making them more visible. So, you know. Um, I think they're going to want to know if we're able to tell them. I think they'll want to know, but I really, you know, like you, I'm, I'm, I hope, and I'm pretty sure that the uh, SEO world will stay with the more valuable set of statistics, more valuable set of metrics. You know, if I have to look one thing, why I, I hear this news and I go, oh, and, and I was thinking of it just yesterday while I was doing some, uh, some analytics work for a client of ours. Um, and the one thing I really miss being able to do is segmenting out my branded traffic because you get a lot of traffic to your homepage, yep. right? Take for a client, segment out their branded, segment out their non-branded, or even subset groups of that non-branded traffic, and go, okay, now what's my bounce rate like on non-branded? You know, is it high on Absolutely. branded simply because they're just looking for your phone number, and then you know, so your your bounce rate looks horrible, but when you look at it different, so that's I think out of everything, the one thing I I really miss from having that keyword data and analytics. Absolutely. Um, I'm 99% sure that everybody listening will get that. Wouldn't it be cool if we had like listeners who were new enough to the industry that they didn't understand what you just said? That would be so cool. (laughs) (laughs) It's been about 14 months, maybe 15 months since you were able to segment branded and non-branded quite easily. So, (laughs) okay. (laughs) We should move past that. I got another thing about Google that uh, came out of SMX West. Uh, yesterday, they called it the experiment. Today, they said, this is the way it is. The new look you're seeing at Google with the larger font on the, uh, on the active link? Yep. Well, that's the new look at Google. With the, you know, they're, they're going to get rid of colors. They're going to uh, differentiate between ads a little bit less. They're going to use a little ad uh, bug rather than using colors to to denote which is NAD, which is the, the the organic result. And again, your page titles. Um, how to say this? I see no indication Google is going to read less of the title tag, but they're going to display less because they're displaying larger fonts. What do you think about that? You know what? I it's funny. I just had to include this in an audit that I was doing for a client in when I was looking at character count recommendations for them, and I had to go. You know yeah. what? <laughs> I need to trim this by a few. Um, you know what? I actually don't mind it so much. Um, I know my attention span as somebody who, and I don't count myself as atypical. I don't count you as atypical. Most of our listeners probably aren't either. But do you ever read through an entire title tag? I mean, not that this is a long piece of data, but are you ever fully reading titles and fully reading descriptions? No, your eye gets drawn to a few key points and you're done. You know whether, you know, you might even look at the domain just to see if it's one you'd trust, right? And off you go. Um, so to make it bigger and sort of force us in to actually making ourselves more concise and just go, just tell me what this page is about. I think it's a disservice to, to a few types of sites, um, you know, forums where you might want to be posting the question, being answered or something like that as your title tag. But I think for most sites, especially like service-based sites um, or, you know, product-based sites, basically e-commerce sites, um, I think this will force 
users to behave, force website owners, sorry, to behave more like their users and, and customize their titles to something that a user is actually reading through. But you do bring up a, a very important point, which is this isn't to say Google's reading less of it. It's just that they're showing less of it. You know, it's, it's important I, I, to note here, there's two ways to look at your title tag on, a, on any given page in your website. The first is how does the live viewer see it? And the way the live viewer tends to see it is as the active link in a search results page. Mm -hmm. Very rarely does the user's eye go to the top tab to read the title of a, a page that they are actively on, but they will see it on the search engine results page. The second way to look at the title is as a very powerful SEO element. This is the very first bit of information after the URL that any given spider is is reading as it goes through the source code. Um, from the user perspective, the live user perspective, the title tag is marketing text. <laughs> it's a great opportunity to, in you know, using using relevant words that, that relate to the, the topic of the page to tell people what you're going to find there. Right. But from, you know, from our perspective, from an SEO's perspective, more importantly, it instructs the search engine what you're going to find there. So it's a really important tag. Um, I just went through a whole title tutorial with, uh, with a new client who, who we did not it for, too. It was a, it was a wonderful experience. Um, got to think and talk about titles for the first time in, in years, really. Um, so, yeah, I wouldn't say. 75-ish uh, characters, and you know you're in the safe zone. It's only going to display 60, but 75-ish, and you're in the safe zone? Um, you know what? At this point, I'm, I'm going more for, or like when I'm writing them right now, well, I go under two philosophies. Um, I, I would generally tend to be targeting in the 60 zone at this point. Who knows what they're, what's coming up down the road. But you know what? I, I actually ran a, um, you know, sort of some little informal tests on a few sites. Um, was testing stuff. I, I generally have found that if you're keeping your title, um, even in the in the 40 to 45 zone, so keeping it to you know max four or five words, um, click through rates are going up. You know, you don't get as many long tail you know, into your title, but click through rates are up. So, um, you know, I, I think my general philosophy is keep it as short as you can. People have short attention spans. They're making decisions out of a list of ten very very rapidly. Um, yeah. You know, so keep it short, keep it sweet, get your keywords in there so they bold and, uh, you know, to, to draw the eye and, um, you know, try and get in there as, uh, you know, as cleanly as you can. Okay. We're going to jump to break in a couple seconds. Um, I, got, I got a quick story we can, we can do before we hit break. Um, this is a, a weird one, you know, the Flight 370, Malaysia um, Airlines Flight 370, the one that vanished just over a week ago. I'm sorry, just under a week ago. Um, last Friday, a flight going from Ka uh, Kuala Lumpur to uh, Beijing vanished off the radar screens. Now, what makes this an interesting story in tech for me was uh, uh, an item that appeared in Reuters this morning. 20 employees of U.S. chipmaker Freescale Semiconductors were passengers on, on Malaysian Flight 370. Yep. The team consisted of engineers and manufacturing leaders who, you know, fly regularly between the company's offices in Austin, Texas, its offices in Kuala Lumpur, and its office and its manufacturing base in Tianjin, uh, China. Twenty engineers and manufacturing managers 
from the same company on the same flight missing. I remember I was on a flight once that had uh, serious problems in the air coming back from uh, a search and strategies conference in New York when I, when I was living on the West Coast. And there was a bunch of folks from Microsoft, some folks from Google, some folks from Zillow, um, a few writers like myself. Um, it was a tech plane. This was the last plane leaving Newark uh, going west that night. So it was full of techies coming from the conference. And we were forced down over Bismarck, North Dakota. Thank goodness it was a, uh, a runway to land on. Um, and I was thinking back then, what would happen if this plane went down? It would have had a serious impact in the tech industry. Well, could you imagine for this company, Freescale Semiconductor, based in Austin, Texas, they've just lost 20 of their best and brightest in one, in one disaster. So yeah. a phenomenal loss. Because I did that, that story just blew my mind when I read it this morning. Yeah, no, that's a, it's a very, yeah, I mean, there's just so many mysteries and oddities about that one. I, I won't even get into them. And I can see Brasco writing, which is probably him about to say, Hey, the point to the point to mention that story was be smart. Don't send all of your team on the same flight. Not a good idea. My heart goes out to, uh, to free scale semiconductor and to the families of anyone who lost, you know? Yeah. But again, so many people on the same flight. Um, wow. Okay. We do have to take a, uh, we do have to take a break here on Webmaster on Web Culture and Webmaster Video FM. We will come back. It's the 25th anniversary of the World Wide Web. We're going to talk about 25 years online. Coming back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Web Collegy will be back after this short break. Guys, are you suffering from FD, fulfillment dysfunction? Let MoldingBox.com's online portal system for inventory, tracking, and returns perform for you. We have the enormous tools you need for complete warehousing, shipping, and handling of all your packages, no matter the size or shape, directly to your customers. MoldingBox.com can also fulfill all your nourishing, nutraceutical, and smooth skincare product desires, including green coffee and Garcinia on demand. Plus, let our in-house printing and CD, DVD manufacturing help you enlarge and maximize your coaching and business opportunity potential. We do everything. Fulfillment, shipping, tracking, inside and out, and all in one place. Moldingbox.com. It's shipping made sexy. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day. Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at mpp.org or call 
1877. Join MPP. It's time to saddle up with the Search Cowboys. The Search Cowboys will round up search engine marketing, social media, and more. Search Cowboys. On demand anytime inside the International Marketing Channel. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology here at webmasterradio.fm. It is Thursday, the 13th of March, 2014. And uh, this week, it's the 25th birthday of the World Wide Web. 25 years ago this week, Sir Tim Berners-Lee at the CERN project in Switzerland connected the dots, or, uh, well, connected the uh, TCP IP and wrote a protocol that created the storage space that runs on the Internet that we know as the web. He made an addressing protocol that allowed you to find a document by typing in a web name. Um, that sounds really small when I put it like that, but it's the environment that we live in now. Things that make you feel really old really fast and things that make you smack your head and say, I can't believe it's only been 25 years. You know, I, you know, to me, it's a little bit of both, isn't it? I mean, at, at the same time, yeah. like, well, that's been in my life that, that this major thing has happened that we can't even fathom not existing at this point. Um, I'm sure my kids are like, I don't even know what I would do. <laughs> well, I, 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 your kids have, neither of your kids has lived in a world without the web. No. They have no idea what it was like before. I was 20 when the World Wide Web was invented. Um, so my entire adult life, my entire professional life has been defined by this environment. Mm-hmm. How did you get into the web? Let's, let's go back to over 15, 20, however many years. How did you get involved? You know what? My, my, first, uh, my first experience on the web um, was uh, in, in university. So this would have been probably about seven years after it, uh, it was launched. And I went to the computer lab to look up some stuff for a political science uh, essay that I was writing. I sat down. Uh, I tried to find stuff. I got brutally frustrated, and I went to the library. <laughs> so that was my first experience on the, on, the, on the Internet was, uh, this thing sucks and I hate it. Um, and then, uh, yeah, it was probably a, a good, uh, I guess it had been about 15 years ago before I got sort of back in. Of course, it had evolved miraculously by then. There were multiple search engines and different ways to find stuff. Um, and so, yeah, at that point, you know, sort of picking up and, uh, and, and, and going from there. And, you know, a couple years later, meeting this guy named Jim, uh, who helped me figure out, hey, here's how, let's call it, help people find what they need to, to or what they're looking for on the web. That's, that's, a, that's what you showed me we can do. No, but um, it was help them find their wallet so they could pay us to do it. <laughs> um, yeah, and then uh, I, I guess that was, uh, you know, uh, really getting active, aside from, you know, building a GeoCities site as a, as a resume or whatnot. Uh, it was um, working for a hosting company that had hired 
uh, the company you worked for at the time was really when I when I connected the dots and started to get heavily involved uh, on the web. So so you beat me there, obviously, because you were showing me. And I mean, heck, you were doing online web-based <laughs> gaming at a, at a shop before that. Well, yeah, I got involved in the web before there was a web, actually. Um, <laughs> well, the web existed. The web existed, but it was Usenet groups. And I got involved because I was madly and deeply and passionately in love with a woman who had gotten a job as a nanny for, for a uh, wealthy couple who was traveling through Europe. So my, I'm 20 years old, or 21, 22, I might have been 22. The love of my life had left the continent, and I had to communicate with her. <laughs> and, you know, I don't know if you remember what long-distance phone calls used to cost back then, but oh, that was wait. impractical because I was poor. <laughs> I had no other dirt, I had no money. I was a 22-year-old dirt punk, right? Like, crusty punk. And uh, so I started using email. So I could communicate with this, this woman who was touring across France as a, as a nanny. And um, I was, uh, so I was, yeah, I was living a crusty punk. I was also a, a street kid counselor at the time. And uh, a year later, um there was a rash of uh, heroin overdoses and suicides in the Victoria street kid community. And I just couldn't do my job anymore. I was done. I had it. So I went and I bought the biggest bottle of wine I could find. Big, massive bottle of red wine. I didn't care which of my housemates was home. I was getting drunk with somebody because I'd just come back from like my third funeral of the month. Mm -hmm. Like for a kid. So I was getting drunk. I didn't care who was It happened um, that, that my housemate, Gary, who was a, network technician for Nortel. Remember Nortel? Yeah, them. Mm. Yeah. Well, he hated his job, too. <laughs> he just hated his job. <laughs> and I, I couldn't do my job anymore. I was done as a counselor. My, my days of helping kids was over. And we got drunk on the beach in Victoria, B.C. Um, and decided to open a cyber cafe, which is something people should only do when they're drunk. <laughs> um... <laughs> And I've been working the web ever since. I thought the underground on-ramp was the name of the cyber cafe. It opened in 93, 94 in Victoria. And yeah, we, uh, we made our, our big claim to fame was we had the fastest network outside of a government or university institution. And so we became Quake Central. First person shooter game, Quake. <laughs> that was my cafe. We were like an arena for kids from all up and down the West. So we had kids from as far as California who would come up on weekends to play at the on-ramp because they could get a really decent LAN or internet game. Uh, this is before people had high-speed internet in their homes. Uh, people were still using dial-up from their homes. We were tapping into the uh, legislature's T1 line. Uh, so we had been amazing. So it's like I love. I've been, again, working the web ever since. Um, I answered a want ad in a newspaper that's why I met Ross Dunn to get the, uh, my first job as an SEO at what was then Braveheart Web Management <laughs> turned into uh, to the, the powerhouse company Stepforth. <laughs> I forgot about that first name. Yep. Yes, Braveheart. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I felt like I was working for William Wallace or something. Um, <laughs> no. Ross Dunn, who happens to be the host of SEO 101 on Webmaster Radio. Um, I think, you know, we can both say, we can both say that Ross gave us the chance to cut our teeth in SEO. Indeed, without you know. question. And, 
That was back in the day when there was a distinct Victoria School of SEO. We had people like uh, Todd Friesen, um, yeah. Ross, you, me, Richard Zwicky, uh, who else was from the uh, Todd Hooge, um, uh, uh, Jensen, Jennifer Slag. There was a, a bunch of characters who were from the Victoria region, Victoria, BC. For some reason, it just seemed to be every, every second SEO was from Victoria. Yeah, what was with that? <laughs> I think it's because of where all the smart kids moved. <laughs> that was... That was before the web became big business. See, it was a very different web 25 years ago. It felt like the Wild West. It felt like anarchy, and it was wonderful. Now, it's so much what it used to be at all. <laughs> it's a very different place. Yeah, for sure. Um, and that's how, when we came in, when we came into the show, IRA Radio, uh, IRA Radio News Network was talking about the NSA putting up a fake Facebook skin to trap web users into the NSA's system. Oh, my goodness. Could you imagine that? Something like that 20 years ago? You would have been outraged. Now we just sort of take it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're just like, oh, yeah, no, that makes sense. <laughs> I knew they were spying on me, so now they're doing it. It's different than I thought, but I knew it was happening. I don't know why they just didn't make like a killer app like, you know, Flappy Bird or something. Uh, <laughs> say, trust me on this one. You can make some money. Make a game like Flappy Bird and we'll give you our information and we'll pay you. <laughs> but put up, put up fake Facebook skins, you're just going to get soft because that's clumsy. I mean, you know, you know the, the thing about spy agencies, listen closely, NSA. You're a super secret spy agency. The, uh, the accent should be on super secret. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dumbheads. Schmegheads. I mean, come on. Uh, but again, I... Same with the Canadian security intelligence. I just don't know why we're paying our taxes. These guys can't do it. <laughs> super secret. Facebook skin <laughs> is not super secret. No, uh, you know what, and, and I mean the the thing is, I, I think we you know, we touch on this periodically. I mean, th this doesn't surprise me at all. Um, I think our, our the next generation behind us has a has a much much better handle on this. Is just assume assume everything you are typing, writing, or saying uh, is, is being monitored. Uh, it's the only it's the only safe way to go at this point. Yeah, I'm afraid it is. And again, it's a very different web than the web that was. Yeah. But that's evolution. Um, I'd love to get into uh, into how this affected life, but if you really want to get into it and you want a smart, intelligent read, check out Andrew Goodman's blog at traffic.com. Uh, today he published a post on you know, the web 25 years later, and it's a really dense read. You know, Andrew, a... a uh, you 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 you've been Andrew, Oh yeah. Andrew Goodman? Yeah. So he's a smart he's a smart cat. Like he's a smart do you know you're in the presence of a smart guy when you're around Andrew? He doesn't say much, but when he does, it takes you a second to figure out what he meant because he meant five or six things at the same time. Um <laughs> what a great piece. Way worth the read. And uh well, okay. Uh, before we go, we have to get going in a second. Jeff Ferguson, Count Zero, also a host here on Webmaster Radio, puts out a tweet. 
I'm feeling to create a really great drinking game from all the speakers at SMX West that mistakenly claim social signals affect SEO. <laughs> That was going to be a fun article. <laughs> okay, we've uh, we gone to our hour. We're getting the uh, we're getting notice from the uh, from the that they've got to run the news like now. So, friends, I'm back with Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. That's Dave at BeanstalkSEO.com. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. Jim at StrawBeanMedia.com. You can listen to what's going on about that on our time. It's the 15th of, 10th of March. Actually, back for the next two days. I did March in a couple days. We'll talk to you next week. Be well. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program as well as our complete library of programs on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.webmasterradio.fm.